What is up, beautiful people, and welcome back to a new episode of the Connect podcast. This is the platform that explores stories of purposeful life lived across and in between cultures and celebrating our common existence and humanity. I am your host, Kali, and every single week I'll come on here to speak to you guys about some life things or sit down with a guest to speak about things like identity, culture, lifestyle, and purpose. On this episode, we are looking back at season two of The Connect. I cannot believe that we've gotten to this point, but it's been such a fulfilling season, a season of many lessons, season of great connections with some bright minds. What can I say? It's when we take risks that we get rewarded. And I am so grateful that I actually took this chance. It's like that Snoop Dogg clip where he's just like, I want to thank me. I really want to thank me. (laughs) But I also want to thank everyone who, you know, listened and supported. This episode's really just going to look back at some of my favorite moments from the season and some really important learning lessons that I think are pretty universal and that we can all take forward as people of the world so yeah this has been really cool i hope that you guys enjoyed the season and i will definitely be seeing you guys in season three i cannot believe that it's been 10 weeks already today is the final episode of season two of the connect and i am so grateful to each and every one of you who listened, who shared their thoughts, shared it with the friend, the people that sort of found a little bit of mirroring into what they were feeling and, you know, learned something new, saw things from different perspectives, found some interesting people that they could learn from online. Um, So yeah, I can't believe in about 11 days time, uh, on the 26th of March, that was... That will be a year from when I started this podcast last year. And the interesting thing with this journey is that I wanted a podcast for a while. I just didn't know what the premise was going to be, to be honest. And there was also sort of like the feeling that there's so many podcasts out there. Like, why would I also make another one? You know, um, the sort of what makes me special, that little insecurity, that voice at the back of your head. But while I was planning, the pandemic began and studios were shut down. And I am not a sound engineer. I am not a mix master person. (laughs) I don't know how any of this works. But I also knew that if I didn't stop, then I would just hold it off for forever and potentially not begin at all. So I had to start recording and learning how to edit on the go. And sometimes you can hear that in the episodes and sometimes you can't. And it's weird because I still haven't recorded in a studio. I've just sort of gotten used to the way I work um, by myself. This time around, though, for this season, I connected with someone who helped bring a sort of visual identity to my podcast, um, someone that's become a friend, Kurugu, an absolutely incredible designer. And he's just like made this such a fun season, you know, like with the covers and the brand identity and all of that. 
So shout out to you, Karugu, for just being patient with (laughs) all of the choices in my head and the options that I'm throwing at you. Usually, when I'm wrapping up the season, we take a look at some of the gems that were dropped by some of the guests. This season is going to be no different. And I'm going to actually start with Amatle, who is the founder of Luntu an e-commerce site that lets people shop in a way that aligns with their values and their beliefs. And this clip right here is her really explaining how she came to the realization that she wasn't putting her money towards black businesses the way that maybe she thought she was. She had a bit of a revelation and it really shows all of us that You know, the saying goes, put your money where your mouth is, but this is really put your money where your values lie. And yeah, check it out. And how I came up with the idea, actually, I was at business school. This was in 2016. And I was watching the show Being Mary Jane. I don't know if you ever watched it. And Mary Jane's character was played by Gab Union. She was an independent woman with a good job and just financially stable. And then also very vocally um, supportive of economic empowerment in the black community. And she had, there was a scene where the, there was another African-American um, business owner and this lady was from the hood and she struggled financially. And then basically this lady had called out um, Gabrielle Union's character for not supporting black businesses with her wallet. She's just like more vocally supportive. And I'm a firm believer in like wearing your shoe if it fits. And for me personally, I felt like Cinderella because I wore that shoe so comfortably. Because like, oh my gosh, I'm like Mary Jane. I also, um, I, I feel like I was pro-black in practice, but I mean, sorry, pro-black in theory, but not in practice. Do you know what I mean? Um, right. then, I, then I was really beating myself up for not going out of my way to support black businesses and so forth. And then I asked myself why. And I realized that it was because it was really hard to find them. Not and mind you, this was four years ago. So you could go onto somebody's website and you have no idea if it's black owned, woman owned. You truly know nothing. I I, really, I realize that most of the time they will be obvious if it's organic or vegan or something like that. But in regards to the ownership, you just don't know. Best case scenario, it'd be like a proud South African brand. They have the stamp proudly South African. But in regards to the ownership, I've noticed that's really the only view we have is that whether it's South African or not, which is great. But come on, that's not the only thing we care about, especially in a country like South Africa where our economic disparities um, are just so wild. Actually, not even wild. We literally are the most um, economically unequal country in the ho- in the whole world. Our Gini coast yeah. is the highest in the world. So yeah. personally, just saying that a, a, a company is partly South African, for me, that's just not good enough. And then on the rare chance that you are able to find if the company's black owned or whatever, then oftentimes I notice that they'll be very far. They only have like a brick and mortar store, like 45 minutes away from my house. And again, at that time I was really online shopping and I just, I really like, like I spoke to you about earlier, I don't like being outside. So yeah, that's when, and then I even remember saying to myself in my head, I was like, oh, I just wish there was an easy way for me to buy black owned products. And in that moment, that's when the light bulb switched off. And I did a quick Google search just to see if um, this idea exists. And at the time, it didn't. There were a couple of like directories, but no actual e-commerce platform. Where you can order your products and have them delivered to your home. And you know for a fact that they're black-owned. At the time, it was only black-owned focus. And then 
Um, as the years went on, I also started to care more about other things. So just me as an individual, I started becoming more, um, you know, environmentally aware and also understanding things about different marginalized demographics. It's not just about race. And yeah, so initially, actually initially to, to 2016, when I thought about the idea for Ubuntu, it was actually called Buy Black. That's, that was the very first name for Ubuntu. And then the years we had one index and one index turned into 14. And then, yeah, now it's, now it's Ubuntu. What I found really, really exciting and inspiring about this episode was that when it comes to capitalism, a lot of the times our sort of default setting as a society is not really to dig deep into where certain products are being made, who the owners are of a certain company. It's more so, I think, in the last decade that we're seeing trends where people, whether it be what they are buying or the food that they're consuming or, you know, when they're going on holiday, where they're staying, that wherever they're putting their money, that they really want to know where that money is going. And this just made me so much more aware of having to keep that at the front of my mind a lot more. Um, so that's something that I learned from Amatle. And the next guest that we're going to take a look back at is Abla, who is a storyteller. And I foresee, God willing, I foresee her being becoming an incredible filmmaker as well. And I mean, our conversations, whenever we have them, whether this episode that we're going to look back on or like in our personal lives, our conversations go on for hours every single time. Like we're actually friends. And this clip that I'm going to let you guys listen to is her speaking about having a seat at the table and how everyone's trying to get into certain rooms, but we never really question whether those rooms are ones that we even want to be in. So check it out. I don't, I don't know my, if my answer is the right answer. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer, but I just am like, why work so hard to break into something that doesn't want you when you can go out there and like build something new full of people who do want you, you know, it's the same thing with like myself growing up. Like, you know, we're all taught to want a quote unquote seat at the table, right? But we're never taught yeah. to even question or think about, you know, do I even want to sit at this table? Like, what is this table? What does it stand for? Do I even believe in this? Because for me, when I finally, that clicked for me and I was like, wait a second, y'all keep talking about giving me a seat at the table or like wanting a seat at the table or fighting for a seat at the table. But I'm like, I don't even think I want this seat at the table. It's not a question of if you want me, I don't even know if I want you. Like what this table is, is poisonous. And what it stands for is archaic. Like I don't believe in this. And so I would rather go out there and build my own table. And then if you want to come over here and work with me, then you have to play by our rules, you know? Guys, we're going to have to talk about going where you're wanted. Like, there, there is so much outrage online and people discussing, like, we're underrepresented and there's all of these systematic issues. And I get it. 
Like they really, really do exist and it's a problem. But I think it's also really important for us to understand our own power. I do believe that there's power in numbers. I do believe that we're able to build spaces and homes and tables and rooms the way that we want them, not the way that the world wants us to fit into these archaic boxes. So why I absolutely love speaking to someone like Abla and people who are really going against the grain and being like, you know what, I'm going to risk a lot, is that nothing great ever came from not taking risk. And I understand that not everyone's going to be like a CEO or like the founder of something. But I do believe that we live in a world now that is ever more connected. Definitely no pun intended on that one. And we can find people and network and discuss and create with individuals who think like us and look like us and want the same for the world and have the same sort of global outlook that um, we do. So this is just like a reminder that, you know, put your energy towards places that celebrate you. Ensure that you're associating with people who will not soil your name and will not destroy your reputation because they're on some BS. Go where you are celebrated, guys, and question what it means to be in the rooms that you're working towards being in. The the third person that I'm going to insert a clip of the interview is Ladan Taco, who... I mean, absolutely one of the most um, vibrant and funny people to like have a conversation with. Such a character. She is, of course, the founder of the Taco Network as well as Taco Coffee and a very well-known international Women's Day celebration in the UK. And we got the talking about like her her upbringing and how she ended up, you know, creating ca- taco coffee. And she she shared a bit about her time working as a barista and how working in coffee shops gave her the space to bring girls for like International Women's Day celebrations or other things, sort of like creating a space around coffee and how picking up and cleaning afterwards so that the cleaners the next day didn't have extra work to do and little things like that really did impact people's lives and sort of leading by example. And this clip literally takes us through, you know, why the little things matter and why being kind is so important. So yeah, this is loving. And that's right. one thing I would advise to. It's not about what you do, whether you are performing a, a surgery or whether you are a, a wedding planner, whether you are, I don't know, whatever you are in life, like there is a human touch to it that you can make change of, that you can make someone's day, that you can, you can improve something on. It's not the bigger picture of how do I change the world? That's what most people focus on. And they're like, oh my God, where the hell do you want me to start the little old me? I make drinks for people and they're so yeah. happy crying with tears. Um, so you'll be surprised of the little things that you can do to make a difference in life. That's and don't so that bin out after your event, the cleaner to come to know that the bins have changed can put people into tears. You'll be surprised. So yeah, 
that that would be one thing I would I would say like just make sure that you find the human touch in things like when was the last time you've ordered a surprise like you know flowers or pizza or chicken wings or whatever your friends love for them um it's just the little little things and when you go back to the little things you would know that you would forever be making changes because you're not focused on the bigger things now the next person that you guys are gonna be hearing is Nuria and if you've listened to that episode you'll know that we had previously recorded an episode that didn't make it and I might actually put it out in a couple of weeks time it's it's absolutely incredible to see people's perspective on trying different things because some people are like no that's sort of a waste of time or it scares them or whatever but I'm a firm believer that our 20s are really a time for exponential growth. It's a time for us to experiment and try different things. I didn't always think this way and it used to make me really uncomfortable or unsure because I did have a creative side to me, but I'd always leaned into the more scholarly, um, the more academic. And so presenting myself as a writer or a photographer was always something that I shied away from because I was like, I'm not professional at all. (laughs) But, you know, you sort of learn and grow and it became easier. And that's what I absolutely love about Nuria is that she has literally tried so many different things and is very unapologetic about it. Um, And she's just like a breath of fresh air and like a ray of sunshine. So check out what she says about trying different things and finding what sets your soul on fire honestly for the four years after our masters together i didn't look at it um in a way that this is something that i want to do and then i guess just sit in it and choose something and just work on it heavily it's more so I had this this outlook that I wanted to try as many things that I didn't get to try in my life before because it was heavily academic and then see which part really brings me joy and like resonates with me. And that was why it appeared like I'm dabbling in 50 different things in the beginning. <laughs> and um, through that journey, then I discovered which things I guess make me sing or kind of I feel like I am happy doing them and they don't feel like work even though they take a long time and I have to work very hard at them and um in the end it turned out that's everything to do with music and um maybe music with a visual aspect and that's where I arrived and I feel very comfortable and confident in in saying that and in doing that as well It, it just took me four years to get here I am all for us taking the time to truly know who we are at the deepest levels and finding what we really enjoy. I think a lot of the times there's some sort of a rush to have things figured out, which just newsflash, no one's got anything figured out and adulting is definitely a lie, but that's a podcast episode for the next season. There is no rush and if we're able to sort of give ourselves the space and the room to evolve and grow into who we're meant to be instead of who we're expected to be or who we thought we would be, 
I think a lot of people would be feeling a lot more fulfilled about the things that they do. And this brings me on to the last guest, who was actually the first episode of the season, and that is Usain. And this clip is one that also, in a way, connects to the self-care episode that we had. And Usain sort of goes through this metaphor of being at the bottom of the ocean and finding inner peace and finding a home in oneself. And he takes us through how when the pandemic hit, because he was so used to solitude and being at the bottom of the ocean, so to speak, and spending so much time with himself, it became a way for him to manage this pandemic and not realizing that, you know, he already had these tools that a lot of people maybe didn't have at the beginning of the pandemic. And he explains it beautifully. This is the perfect place to put in this clip because it also points towards how we can all find a lot more inner peace if we were to look inward before looking outward. So here's Usain. You know, there's this um, idea that I've come to terms with. It's this idea of being at the bottom of the ocean. And I think that's often where I find myself. Um, it's a place that I've, you know, gotten very comfortable with long before, you know, what's happening in the world right now. And I think maybe that's what has helped me be able to find peace of mind um, during this time. I don't know, the bottom of the ocean for me is like the... It represents this place where you have space to breathe, you have space to be, you have space to be yourself. And in that space, you find freedom. Um, and I think each person, um, it's different what, what that space can look like and what that space is for each person. You have to find it for yourself. And when you do, you find freedom. That's kind of what I believe. And I think for me, a lot of what I use to find freedom or to make sense of how I experience the world is definitely art. And I think um, I've been very fortunate to be engaged also with people who allow me the space to be my space, the space to be myself, rather. And um, yeah, I think that place is really within myself. Um, I think... Everyone owes it to themselves to look within. It's uh, a little bit of a dangerous thing because it forces us to come to terms with who we are. You know, sometimes we haven't necessarily done that or, you know, what is at the bottom of the ocean can be a little bit heavy. And I think being able to find some level of comfort with who we are is what allows us to find, you know, the strength to carry on along our our journey uh, and in the fulfillment of our purpose. So really, I've just been looking within um, throughout the course of the year, um, well, throughout the course of my life, really. And so when this sort of global pandemic context that we're all faced with sort of came to the fore, 
I didn't feel like it was um, a challenge. You know, I spent the first 38 days uh, of lockdown indoors without ever stepping out for any reason. And a lot of people were like, oh, are you okay? You know, what's going on? And I was like, I'm having the time of my life (laughs) (laughs) because I'm, you know, I'm present with the person who I'm most familiar with, which is myself. And in that I've, I found inner peace. And so I'm, I'm actually learning, you know, to continue to do that, to not be distracted by everything that is happening um, and everything that's going on sort of outside. You know, I, I often like make this, um, I make this sort of comparison between outer space and inner space. I think we spent a lot of time as people like looking into the stars and trying to like reach beyond to find something. And I feel like we've forgotten like the importance of looking within. And that's a a habit, you know, or practice that I try to nurture of just looking within. And that is a beautiful way to round up the season of the connect. If any of you are going to take away anything, it's that each person that comes onto the show, each person's search for purpose or living their dream or just, you know, living plain old life, there are things that connect us all. And I think that a lot of the times there's so much noise in the world that we seldom have time to get acquainted with our own inner voices. And Usain summed it up perfectly in the sense that looking within can give us a lot of peace. It can give us a lot of perspective. It can give us a lot of purpose. A lot of the times um, when we speak of purpose, it is about, you know, living your dream and finding what sets your soul on fire. But I remember watching the Disney Pixar movie Soul on New Year's Eve with the family. The beautiful thing about purpose in that movie, the message of what purpose is, is that it's in us existing. A lot of the times we're chasing tangible things or, you know, accolades or tokens of success. But in reality, uh, us breathing, living, being here is a testament to our purpose. Whatever things sort of like add on to our existence and make it more fulfilled is a whole other story. But yeah, this has been season two of The Connect. I am forever grateful for each one of you that tu- that have tuned in and continue to support your girl, it's it's mad. Um, but yeah, if you want to stay updated on when the next season is out, what I'm getting up to, what I'm planning for you guys, then please do follow me on my socials. They should be in the description. If they're not, I am at Qaliid Q A. A-L-I-C-I-I-D on both Instagram and Twitter. It's actually been an entire season. I'm in disbelief. I'm recording this on the eve of the 16th of March. So yeah, it's been a ride. Forever grateful. So appreciative. I will see you guys in season three of The Connect. Until next time, guys. Bye.